Welcome to Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. This week, we'll recap UFC Fight Night 176, Harris vs. Overeem, talk MMA judging, suggest Shark Tank pitches to Dana White, give our thoughts on the worst kind of UFC fans, and preview the currently incomplete and lackluster cards to come. Just like that, episode number eight. Okay, we have this week, we have one episode this week is what I meant to say there. Um, So, since we only have one episode, we got to do our Isn't He Great today. So we'll start with that. Um, Ryan, you can go first. You know, you, you know You know what Connor told me? He says, I want Khabib in Russia. <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? All right, so my uh, my isn't he great of the week is going to be Alistair Overeem. I mean, just put on a great performance. A good one. Um, what can you say? He's been doing it forever. Every time it seems like he's getting too old or going to be out of the game, he comes back and, uh, you know, impresses people more than ever. So, I mean, Alistair Overeem, he seems like a great guy. Seems like a nice guy. I don't know him personally, but... You know, I think he um, he always shows up. He always comes with, uh, you know, a fight plan. He doesn't seem like he ever mails in a training camp. So that's who I'm going with this week. What about you? Uh, first and foremost, let me just say that's a that's a great pick. He was the perfect guy for this uh, this somewhat delicate situation they had this this last weekend with the uh, with the fight card. So yeah, that's a great pick. I actually have two. My first one's going to be quick and easy though. Uh, first first one isn't he great? John Jones. All right, so we we know he called out Francis Nagano about a, a week, a little over a week ago. Said he could beat him. They went back and forth a little bit. Let me just say this: he's still he's still on it. He's still calling him out. Dana said he didn't think he, they wanted to. Maybe they don't want to fight. Blah, blah blah. He's still tweeting, send the contract. I think he really wants to do it. So um, this is like a textbook, isn't he? Great because that was uh, that was Dana's line about Connor wanting to fight Khabib in Russia. So. Isn't he great? Isn't he awesome? Whatever he said. So, uh, is he fucking awesome? Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna, that's my first one. Is John Jones? My second one is a fresh one. Um, it's Joe Rogan. We should pull our, up that picture um, again, Jamie. Our favorite commentator's old partner, Joe Rogan, signed um, allegedly or reportedly a 100 million dollar deal to take his podcast to Spotify. So Joe Rogan got paid. Did you see this? I I saw something about it that saying like the starting in 2021 or something they're gonna start. He's gonna start doing it on Spotify, but um I didn't know it was a hundred million dollar deal or anything. And Dude, I, that's that's life changing money. I don't know how good is Spotify Spotify's <laughs> podcasting app. I mean I've never listened to any on there. I feel like it's more for music, but I mean. I don't know. Hopefully, we we're getting a hundred million dollar deal on Spotify one day. I guess I guess the reason I'm I like this a lot is because it's kind of like he's dunking on YouTube and getting paid at the same time. And I know people are calling him sellouts, but it 
they're they're calling him a sellout for taking 100 million dollars that's the most insane thing i've ever heard so anyways yeah he's uh he's dunking on youtube at the same time because i guess he's gonna take all his video content over there somehow too yeah i wonder how he's gonna do like the clips though like you know how they like he clips out like the best parts and puts them on youtube and stuff and another thing is like I've always, you know, liked the Joe Rogan podcast because all of the episodes or all of the um, advertisements are in the beginning and end, so you can easily skip them. But I don't think that's going to be possible on Spotify because they put their own ads in for if you don't have premium. Oh yeah, I never thought about that, dude. That's a sneak move. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he. Okay, so what I I I listened to the the, the Instagram video he posted. He said he doesn't work for Spotify. Nothing's changing. Which I wonder how much um what what's his uh his little sidekick young Jamie or whatever I wonder how much he's getting paid in this whole mix but anyways, um he said nothing's changing he's just switching platforms so I guess we'll see but um I'm not even I'm not even a huge I don't listen to very many of them anymore and I never really listen to a ton of them but I just thought it was a I I I thought it was a crazy deal um that's like that's that's major money there. Uh, I wonder if he'll stick around the UFC then. He does, seems like he does less and less cards as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, I think he will. I mean, he was talking about, you know, retiring from the UFC or quitting the UFC broadcasting deal before the, um, the first Conor Nate fight. And he actually said that's the oh, reason yeah, why he decided right. to keep doing it. So I think he's actually, the schedule that he has now only doing the North American pay-per-views, I feel like that's probably like the sweet spot for him to keep doing it. So I hope he keeps doing it because, you know, I don't know if they're Dominic Cruz to take a spot or what. That'd be awful. <laughs> I know. Well, pe- people hate on him as a commentator, but I don't get it. Like I, re- I, like I said, it's not like I'm a huge, I'm not like a fanboy of the podcast or anything, but I feel like he's, he kind of like invented the, the MMA. First of all, him and Goldie was the dream team. Um, maybe if Rogan leaves, we can bring Goldie back, but I doubt it. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think he probably stay like the, the first thing he should probably quit is comedy. No offense, but he's, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't laugh at many of his jokes. So agreed. I, I mean, as much as I love Rogan, it's comedy, I feel like, I don't know. I think he's the worst, most famous comedian ever. <laughs> like if that makes any sense. Yeah. Him and most of his friends too, man. He has the okay, worst so. act to ever sell as many tickets as he does. <laughs> Yeah, he's selling out stadiums because people like his uh, like his podcast. Yeah, wow. So, so yeah, the first thing should go should be comedy. That kind of turned into an isn't he great to kind of ripping on him, but um, <laughs> that's my isn't he great for the week because a hundred million dollars that's uh that's big time. So that's great. Yeah, it is great. He's great. All right, so then we'll move on to our well. We'll recap. We had three cards in a week. I just want to say, if you listened to our episode last week, I do have to say, a rough episode. It was kind of like, I think I had secondhand brain damage from the Anthony Smith beating. Um, The other thing was, I flat out, flat out had fight fatigue. Just like Dominic Cruz said ring rust wasn't real and then got got absolutely starched by Henry Cejudo, I said fight fatigue wasn't real, and I got starched by fight fatigue. Um, I don't think I could do three cards in a week very often if if even ever again yeah i mean i think i could do the i could do the fights but keeping up with the content and everything and that that's tough yeah i i i was having dreams about fights and stuff and like i just three in a week was just a lot and also on top of that these were some 
these were some somber events. Have we ever had like three like sad ending events in a row before? <laughs> I don't think so, but I didn't even think of that till you just pointed it out. But you're right. Like, I don't know. Usually I come off the main event like flying high and I felt like I was just not that they were bad cards or anything, but just <laughs> they were the somber. Ending, yeah, somber. That's the perfect word. I'm just like felt like, yeah, I like got a funeral or something. Yeah, it was, uh, they were, and I still think, all things considered, the Anthony Smith beatdown was the worst feeling to watch and feel. Like, it was sad. And I don't know why, because he had he had kind of like the least amount of pressure on him, because who cares about Anthony Smith? Like, no offense, but he's basically just a journeyman who he's been beating up corpses, and he just misjudged Glover to share his age to skill ratio, because he apparently still has skills at 40. Yeah, I mean, I... I felt like that with I'm like just just please make it stop on the on the Glover fight, but then like the I don't know I felt probably more somber after the Overeem Harris fight just with all the the lead up and everything to it and all the promotion that the way ESPN was going in on it I mean it just seemed uh, yeah and like I was telling you earlier I had I had a you know I was betting on the card and it all came down to if I was gonna book a winner or a loser on Overeem and you know. I thought I was going to be more excited when he won than I was. Not to say I wasn't excited, but... Yeah, well, let's be honest. Walt Harris should have never been a favorite on that. I saw that, too, and I was like, what in the world? Um, let's just jump right into that, jump into that main event. It was it was a good... I mean, as far as him losing and everything, I felt like it went as good as it could. He had some big moments. It was a good fight. Alistair, like, he's your guy for the week. I mean, he was the perfect guy to handle, like, this situation. Um it seemed like a lot of people were kind of split on whether ESPN was overdoing it, whether they felt uncomfortable with all the coverage. My opinion, I just, my thing is just like, I'm staying out of it because if Walt Harris is good with it and, um, and they clear every ESPN cleared everything with him, maybe it brought some awareness or something, but I can understand why people saying they made him feel uncomfortable and stuff. Cause it was like, I mean, it was getting, they were laying it on pretty thick. Yeah. I, that's a good point. I, I felt a little uncomfortable by it, but, you know, if if Walt Harris was fine with it and approved of it and it helped him at all through the whole process, then, you know, I feel like it was the right, yeah, right thing to do that's, if that's the case. That's a good, that's a really good point that I hadn't even considered all that much is if, if it helped him, because it really is, a, it really is now, it's a, it's just an unbelievably sad and st- story. It was almost hard to even consider, think about the fighting, so... So, yeah, and uh, just to get into the fight, um, like I said, I'd never thought that Walt Harris had any business being the favorite other than the emotional story, but um, he had his moment in the first round. I thought he was going to finish it. They could have probably stopped that. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, Walt Harris maybe was the favorite because Overeem's been stopped so brutally, like, recently, like, between... And he's- yeah, but so many highlight knockouts from power punchers. Yeah, between the Rosen strike and the Francis Nagano fight, like every the only fights you really remember as of recently from Overeem are him just getting you know knocked into another world like dimension. <laughs> so I mean I think that was part of it. People saw what happened to him against the last two big power punchers he faced and figured this is going to be the same, which it almost was. It really was until yeah, and then once again that was kind of like similar to. Um, you know what what Cruz wishes happened to him they just let, <laughs> let him get pummeled but Overeem was the first one to actually get up and uh you know and keep 
keep fighting and actually uh, turn the tide. So maybe that's what Cruz would have done. I don't know. No, 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 no. That was uh, Overeem popped up quick. Cruz was uh, in a Cruz was in another dimension. Yeah, I really um, I still haven't seen it. So and and it went. Yeah, like you said, I I feel like as far as him, lo- I I almost feel like he, I take more out of it as from the emotional aspect from the loss than I would have even if he won. Just like uh, let me like I got sucked into the emotion, the emotional side of the story and everything of him returning, uh, Walt Harris returning and. Um, wanting him to have a good performance and wanting him to win, but I felt like the just him getting back in the ring, the way the fight went, he had his moments, it didn't go his way, but it was, um, I feel like it went, on retrospect, I feel like it went as as good as it could have. Um, obviously, everyone wanted him to win and wanted him to have like the highlight knockout, but when you really think about it, just just the the event itself went, went really well, and like Alistair was a good, there was a, they had a really nice moment after the fight. Um, he offered to, he said, "Come train with me," uh, which Harris actually said on Instagram later. He's he was he's going to take him up on that. So I just thought it was a cool, it was a cool cool finish, cool event. Um, I thought it all played out well for how it could have been, for how it could have gone at least. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that fight. But, I mean, there was plenty of good fights on the card. It's crazy. For three cards, all three of them delivered. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. as much fatigue as you had, it's hard to have too much when you're watching fights like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, the fight fatigue doesn't happen while I'm watching the fights. It happens It happens later on when I just can't stop thinking about them and my brain is just burned. <laughs> right. But when I'm anyway, having dreams about was, them. What other fights would you want to give shout-outs to on this card? I mean, we had quite a few good ones. Um, All right, so shout-outs. Um, well, it kicked off with the Elkins fight, and I forgot that dude's name he fought. Do you remember his name? Uh, yeah, I got it. Nate Landwer. Landwer? I don't know how to say his last name. Okay. I've seen that guy. I've seen that guy before and everything. I, I didn't – I never really saw him get much screen time. That dude, he's a mix between, like, Mike Perry and uh, I don't even know – He's like a Mike Perry hybrid. He's like a Mike Perry hillbilly. <laughs> oh, um, uh, I don't know if you saw the picture, but he cut open. He cut open the dam. The damage took some damage. He cut open his head. There's this insane picture that's just um, Elkin's head just covered in blood. The whole ring was covered in blood after that fight. Um, Jeez. That was a that was a wild start. He cut his forehead. So like forehead cuts, obviously they bleed a ton. They yeah. let the fight continue. Um, that that Elkins lost, so that was a good one to kick it off with. But I mean, other than other than it being an exciting fight, it was a uh, there wasn't anything riding on it or anything. Um, did you catch anything in the prelims or anything? Yeah. So just to make everyone aware, I did not see the first three fights. I was up uh, up in Sedona that uh, over the weekend, and you know, getting my um, you know, you had fight fatigue, dude. It's my real. spiritual in line my aura read by some uh by some you know junkies out there on the trails um chakras yeah my chakras making sure everything's good you know buying salt lamps so you know be healthy and stuff like that so you're centered you're centered today i'm centered no more fatigue i'm you know oh man i'm one with the uh one with the earth but, so yeah so at the I, expense of three fights at the expense three, of uh, three fights yeah three and meaningless fights i guess my sacrifice provided a great fight with the darren elkins fight um 
And Indeed. yeah, I started watching the Giga fight was the first, uh, the first fight I started watching. It was a, I mean, from there on, it was a great card. So, and I heard that the, the first three fights were good as well. So. Yeah. Um, I just, one fight that was particularly painful to me on the prelims was the Matt Brown fight because I bet on Matt Brown. I thought the odds were outrageous. They had him as a big underdog against, um, uh, uh, Carmel Thunder, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, I, he's um, like se- seven and zero or something. Yeah, I saw that Matt Brown. He started at plus one seventy, but by the time the fight actually kicked off, I think he was down to like plus one twenty. So it they uh, so a lot they of people thought there was value. Yeah. Well, that's why I was gonna. This is why it was such a rough fight. Um, I just figured the, this, even though he's lost some fights, uh, I figured this was because gonna be a. That was just seemed like a massive jump in competition for this seven and zero kid who literally has fought nobody I've heard of. So, um, I took Matt Brown. I thought it. I thought it was a good pick. I felt good about it. He's also a fan favorite, so that's always like kind of like double dipping to get to bet on a favorite and bet on a fan favorite who you think's going to win. Um, he straight up. I mean, he bore, He basically flatlined this guy in the first round, and then he just smothered him too close. Couldn't get the finish. I mean, he looked like he was moving in quicksand. Um, the kid survived barely, just barely survived, and ended up uh, dropping Matt Brown twice and then knocking him out. Uh, Matt Brown, that guy, I know, like, I've seen him fight a million times. I was, like, screaming, just put your hands up. He fights with his hands down and his head out the whole time. Um, it was just like watching a, watching it happen in slow motion, watching my bet go down the drain in slow motion. <laughs> Yeah, it's either kill or be killed for him. I mean, that's the style I like to see. Um, but speaking of betting, I also had some bets on this card. Um, in our in our betting league, I had Barbosa and Overeem. So I mean, I thought I won two. I thought I won both, but I mean, Barbosa killed me in our betting league and in betting for real. Oh god, because um, I, I had, had a lot riding on him, and <laughs> luckily I was still able to pull it out by chasing like a degenerate on the last two fights but if i wouldn't have done that i would have been i would have got crushed because Bar- i thought barbosa won the fight i thought it was a bad decision which we'll get oh, to man. but um yeah that's kind of how my betting night went yeah i also i had matt brown and barbosa um so you can see why the matt brown one hurt because i <laughs> i felt like i made a smart pick and then then i felt like everything i envisioned happening actually happened and then he couldn't he couldn't get the finish which sucks it sucks when it's like they drop the guy and you're just like, all right, just one more shot and it's over. And then they just tri- – they just it's kind of like Walt Harris going in for that kick that ended up turning the whole fight. It's like they get they get so hungry for that finish. But so that's why that one – that the Matt Brown one hurt. The Barboza one hurt because that – I just had a weird feeling going into that when I heard – when it was going to the judges. Yeah. But I felt like – I felt like that was that was I thought I still thought I was safe, but I still had a weird feeling. So Barboza though at one forty five, what'd you think of that? Like I can't believe that guy can cut more weight. I know. He's I like thought, one of the most ripped guys. And I thought he looked fine in there. He didn't I mean I didn't see him at the weigh ins or I didn't see him on I the scale. I saw him on the scales. What did he uh, on the scales? Look like? it, it looked like somebody photoshopped his head onto another person's body. <laughs> oh, geez. But, I mean, it didn't show much in the fight. I thought he looked as, as explosive as ever. Um, I thought he had. I thought he put up a good fight. I thought he won the fight. Um, I mean, credit to Dan Ige. He, uh, yeah, he showed more tough. than uh, more than I thought he would. He's tough. He throws good power. 
Um, but you know, usually when guys cut down like that, you get worried about, you know, their chin, their chin tends to go with the weight cut, but I mean, Barbosa absorbed some, you know, some, some, some significant damage. So I mean, yeah. I was impressed. I mean, I thought he should have won. Um, it is what it is. I think most people will kind of look at it as he won kind of like the, uh, the it was Aldo kind of a fight. typical Barboza fight too. He he kind of always stumbles around like he's hurt. Yeah. He kind of does like the Yoel Romero like drunken drunken sailor fighting style, but I, then he just throws stuff with power. He he never even really got wobbled in that fight and he dropped he dropped Ige at least once, kind of twice if you count the liver shot right before the end of the I think the second round. Yeah. Um I thought he looked really good at 145. Yeah, I think he could uh, be what, uh he could be trouble for that division for a lot of people. I think he'd definitely be you know, I think it's a good move for him. I think there's a lot of people who are going to have a lot of trouble with Barbosa in that division. Yeah, he's always tough. Um, he's one of those guys that just has all the tools. It just doesn't always pan out some for one reason or another. But, yeah, I thought he looked good. You know what I, I compare him to in the weigh-ins? Remember, he looked better than the Jose Aldo bantamweight. Or not, was that? Um, 135? Yeah, was that the bantamweight yeah. weigh-in for yeah. Jose Aldo? He looked better than that. Oh, so. Okay. So that's what I would that's what I would compare it to, but I would say he was on the better side of that. So he he looked he looked fine to me. He just looked different. It looked like his head was photoshopped onto a skinnier neck and body. Jeez. So two other so things. So as far as that fight went, that was uh that was that was a robbery in my opinion. Yeah. But I was emotionally attached to it. Yeah, and then the only other things I have really about this card are is like Eric Anders, like I feel like he's got to be a fighter to away from getting cut. Like, yeah, he's like he's I, getting worse. I don't think he's getting worse. I think he just overperformed, like way high, like in his first fight or two. Because I think he's just coming down to reality. He doesn't throw enough volume. He just, you know, kind of sits there and just waits for the fight to come to him, and he just doesn't look good. He doesn't. I mean, he got an MMA late. I get it, but yeah, I mean, he has one combo that's like a left punch. Not no setup, left punch, right kick. That's no one. He actually landed on that one duty soccer kick and knocked out, knocked out. But I don't know. I think he's getting worse personally. I don't know if he's. Uh, I don't know if he overperformed. I think maybe he just had less. Was probably less in his own head. Didn't he had a main event against Lyoto Machida? Didn't he down in Brazil? Yeah, I believe so. Arguably, he won that. He didn't. He didn't win. He he did not win. But I think a lot of people thought he did. Yeah, I think so. Let's see what what his fights look like. He had um, here. So he headlined like two over two years ago. Yeah, he just came out of nowhere. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. It's kind of crazy that he headlined that because his two wins in the UFC. He had only two fights before that Leota Machida fight. It was uh, Rafael Natal and Marcus Perez, and then somehow he's in a headlining spot versus Leota Machida. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought he decision. won that fight too. I think a lot of people thought he won that Machida fight. I don't know, but this fight here, what was with the wrestling? He had the work. That guy, he has no takedown at all. He cannot take a guy down. Now, I'm sure this dude's hard to take down, but at some point, you just if you're a stand up guy, just give up, give up the takedown and stand up with him. Yeah, and one at one point, Anders had his hand clasped in a double leg. Had it, all he had to do was pick him up, and then he switched to a single leg for no reason and didn't even get the takedown. It's like, what is he doing yeah. in there? It's he had like, zero takedowns, and he tried quite a quite a few times. The whole fu- the whole fight, it was fifteen minutes of trying to take the guy down. I don't know why. I don't know what it was. Either bad game plan or something. I don't know. He yeah. should have just abandoned the takedown. That's why I I honestly felt like it was a big step. I felt like he got worse. Yeah. Either way, I'm done talking about this bum. He's not even going to be in the UFC boy. in a few fights. You know, let's move on. 
too. And then your the boy. other one, yeah, and the other one. I, I like thought, your boy. I like your boy. <laughs> I like his story, and I, I, I like when he throws left-handed bombs and lands them. But he wasn't even throwing them. Not so, my boy. But we'll move on. That's you're, enough of your boy. You're not my boy, <laughs> Weidman's dad. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> oh shit. Well then, uh, my next one was um, the Angela Hill fight. Like she looked good. I thought a good Dahlia won, but. You know, I thought Angela Hill looked good. She dropped her. Um, I know we're going to get yeah. more, you know, into the decisions in a little bit here. Um, so I don't want to go too far into that one. But we'll I just, th- yeah, we'll just jump right into that after this. But yeah, I thought Angela Hill looked good. I thought, I mean, I thought Claudia just looked a little, uh, you know, like her nickname might be Cheesecake. She kind of looked, you know, <laughs> looked like that. Um, Another Cheesecake. Dude, what? What's up with the Brazilians, though? I swear, are they all are they all off TRT or what? Yeah, they just all got out of shape at the same time. It must be it must be something like that. I mean, it's been a while I don't since know. they. She was ripped before. She was she was jacked before. Like, yeah, she was shredded. Maybe her, yeah, and maybe her dedication level is not the same. We'll, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Usada hasn't popped her, so. Um. Yeah, I thought I didn't. I didn't know who was going to win that fight. That one was close. Maybe petty theft. Not. Not. Not exactly a robbery. Yeah, it was just like Angela Hill looked fresher in the third round, and and it was pretty even. So I mean, I would give to Angela Hill just because you know Gadelia looked tired, but it is what it is. It wasn't terrible. Yeah, and I just think that I just personally didn't think I thought that this was the end of the Angela Hill fighting on every other card run. I thought this was where she finally ran into somebody that was going to. I thought there was like this there when they say there's levels to this like I thought that they finally gave her like a top opponent and I thought it was just going to prove why just cuz you just cuz you fight on every other card and beat beat um whoever whatever unranked unknown or highly ranked or whatever I thought that this was going to be the one where she got uh she got pummeled but she didn't she could have easily won she actually landed the more significant strikes so so yeah, we'll just uh, with that we'll just lead into the judging to the judging because there it's been insane, man. I don't know if it's Florida judges, I don't know if it's just MMA judges in general. We just saw three cards in a week of it, but so many split decisions, so many crazy decisions. What what is going on with this? I mean, I don't know. I think it's partly Florida judging. I think you know they don't have as many like major promotions. It seems like you know Nevada nowhere's immune to it. I mean everywhere has bad decisions from time to time, but there's never there's usually not this many bad decisions on this many cards so close to each other. You know, so I think it definitely has to do with Florida. They probably don't you know how many major MMA fights they have every year. So I mean I think it has something to do with those judges. I don't know who they brought out there if it was judges from Florida or if they used some normal judges that they use out in Vegas and stuff, but um uh, I think I saw a tweet about something about um I think that one or two of them were Florida judges and I think somebody else was like a veteran judge, so I that's just like a tweet. I'm just off the back of my head have no clue if it's true or not. So Yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty, you know, some of these decisions I don't think any of them were complete robberies but i thought they were bad. not even barboza i don't think barboza was a complete robbery but i mean i think it was close to it but i think they were all bad decisions the ones that are in question which are which were, were the ones in question the barboza fight the gadelia angela hill fight and cheeto cheeto and, um, oh yeah marlon rivera and, and song Yadong, your boy <laughs> isn't his nickname the uh kung fu monkey or something <laughs> Song the Kung Fu Monkey Yadong. There's no, there's nothing not to that's, like about that guy. That that's the that's the 
all-time reigning defending best name-to-nickname combo ever. That'll never be topped. No, definitely not. And, yeah, so, I mean, I thought I thought the worst one out of the three was Barboza, but... Um, no, but you're I, not going to call any of them a robbery. I don't think any of them are robberies. I mean, like I said, I think they were bad decisions, but... I mean, to be a robbery, it has to be clear. And, you know, I'm kind of with, I'm with Dana, like what he always says, you know, if you don't, don't leave it in the hands of the judges, finish the fight, you know, and some of these guys, you know, probably had a chance. Barbosa, you know, maybe a little, if he threw a little bit more, you know, he might've had a chance to finish it. He had him hurt at times. Um, yeah. You know, Gedalia definitely conditioning, or, you know, she, she won, but her conditioning was an issue. And Angela Hill, you know, she... It is what it is. Her, she's just going to throw volume. She doesn't really have tons of power. Regardless, she did knock down Gedalia in that fight. So, I mean, you know, if you want to, if you don't want to leave it in the judges' hands, finish the fight. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and I think that's the best. That's the best. The, the best and the safest answer you can say because there is always an alternative to going to the judges. Maybe just sell out and try to finish the guy. Um, who did did you think uh, Song Kung Fu Monkey Yadong won the fight or Vera won the fight or um, um, on that one I was I I actually was pretty split I didn't have this strong of an opinion as everybody as a lot of other people had but I thought I thought I I was pretty sure um, Cheeto Vera won yeah on this one I had I had Song Yadong on a few parlays so I um, so you were emotionally attached emotionally attached so I actually thought. Song Yudong won, but I wasn't going to be surprised if they gave it to Cheeto Vera. I thought it was really close, but a lot of times in a close fight that I have money on one of the fighters, I somehow always seem to think that that guy won the fight, edged it out. I'm like, yeah, he edged it out, but and people would be like, no. That was I mean, me with Barboza. No matter has, what, I was going to be like that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that one was wrong, but, you know, not a robbery. So, yeah, I had money on that one, so I'm pretty biased on on that one same with barbosa but i think barbosa actually won like regardless but and yeah i actually do 100 percent think angela hill probably won too so but like i said i don't think any of my robberies no robberies petty theft petty, petty theft, theft on, on several accounts just another day in florida yeah so yeah, exactly so we'll just uh kind of um kind of just spitball off of what there's some ideas out there on how to improve judging. What's like a, some of the realistic, what's like a realistic improvement they can make? Maybe not scrapping the whole system, but what's a realistic improvement? And then we'll, we'll see, we'll see if we got anything as far as just like a full replacement after that, but just like a realistic improvement they could do with judges. Like why not have five judges? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously five judges is a, you know, a good idea. I also was thinking um, something along the lines of similar to how you become a ref. You know, to become a ref, you have to take, I think Big John holds like, you know, certification courses or something on becoming a ref yeah. where they go through everything. And then a ref starts at local promotions and works their way up, similar to refs in every major sports organization. So why, why don't we have something similar to that for judges? What, I don't, I don't know, maybe they do, but as far as I, I don't think so because they're I'm like, bo- of, they're boxing judges. Yeah, they're boxing judges. And so like, you know, some of the, ju- and some of these judges don't, you know, they, they don't really specifically say, you know, how you should value strikes over takedowns and, you know, stuff like that. So it's up to these judges to decide it for themselves. And it's like, it just needs to be super clear. So all of these judges know exactly what they're looking for. And the judges need to, you know, they, they, the UFC needs and the commission needs to know that they know what they're doing, you know, just to yeah, take that's boxing crazy judges and put them in there. It ain't enough. Yeah. I mean, you'll end up with a, what's her name? Adelaide Bird. 
she's bad enough at boxing and she's doing MMA fights. I, something something is fishy about that whole process because like you said, there's a million people out there that would take classes. There's a million fans watching at home that would like be better judges than the people that get in there. And then they only have three of them. And then the commission protects them. So they're always, it's like, it's like bad umpires in baseball. You, they don't get fired when they suck. They just keep coming back for more. And it's like when, with, with this, with fighters, especially the lower prelim, like the prelim fighters and stuff, some of these guys are fighting for $10,000 and then doubling their check if they win. So 10000 to fight, 10000 to win. They're losing half their check, losing half their income from this event on a judge that doesn't know what they're doing. And the judge gets paid no matter what, and I don't know how much it is or anything. But I, I don't see why five judges, or seven judges even, like seven judges putting their numbers into a computer between each round and then having it instantly come out at the end. Yeah. Um, do we really need to know what Judge A, Judge B, and Judge C said, or what should it be Judge A, B... Judge one, two, and five thought this. Judge two and whatever thought this. It's like I don't see why what more judges with well-rounded backgrounds would hurt. That seems like the the common sense step one. Yeah, and then I think there's also things they could do like if you know if the judges are scoring a fight a certain way. Why did you score this round? What did this oh, fighter you, you, do? You know, give them make the judges. They don't even have to make it public what they said, but. At least the UFC should make the judges explain what was behind their decision round by round yeah. so they can identify where there's issues in the scoring with what these yeah, judges are thinking. Yeah, that makes a thinking. ton of sense. Maybe you know, they have their own they have their own review system or something. Yeah, and maybe it makes sense the way they're judging it. Maybe, you know, but we don't know. We just think it it doesn't, you know, add up to what we're seeing. So maybe, you know, we, maybe if they, we, you know, had to explain themselves or had some type of accountability, we can get to, you know, a better um, understanding of what how they're judging the fights and what, or they can get to a better understanding of how they need to judge the fights in the future. Yeah, and I would like to, it would definitely be nice if like, you knew, let's say you know a judge has a jujitsu background or something, maybe then you know he kind of favors jujitsu, whatever, whatever, something like, yeah, it's like then, we don't even know. They're coming out of left field so far. Like, you know when an umpire what his strike zone is because they are the same all the time. Even if his strike zone is like two inches off off the inside corner, they'll still give you a strike. Like, the pitcher knows that. He knows who's umpiring. So it's uh, it just seems like a mystery. I don't know if they want to keep it that way. You would think something would have changed by now. Like, we're 20, like 25 years into this sport. Yeah, um, you would think. And it's a weird, thing, weird thing. Yeah, and like you said, the thing that makes it so weird is that there's some – very few minor things they could do to improve it and they don't seem to want to do anything like how hard would it be to add two judges how hard would it be to you know how how hard would it be to make the judges like have just run some type of certification program if you want to judge ufc you have to you we're going to show you five random fights and you have to score them because we already know how these should be scored they've already happened yeah so like you know because yep. i'm sure not a lot of judges have seen watched like every single fight and they would remember what it was scored you know so why don't they just yeah. watch an old fight, score it round by round, make sure they, you know, are know what they're doing and are thinking the same thing as judges that, you know, have done right in the past and then, you know, go from there. There's I mean, there's really simple things that could be done that would probably, you know, improve the judging exponentially. Yeah. Well, let's just uh jump twenty steps ahead and just say, what if we scrap the whole system and just implemented our own system? I have an idea. Shoot me down I'm trying shoot me down, debunk this for me. All right, so uh, it starts out like since since MMA 
it's basically a martial art. It's basically a fight. So really, do you want to know who you want to know who won the fight, right? That's kind of like the point of the sport is who who would win in a fight. Okay, what if the judges only scored the last round and the final round? The, all the other rounds were to like um, you can finish them, you can submit them, you can gas them out, you can save yourself, whatever. They only score the final round. So you don't get that many as many close rounds as you get close fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of similar to like how Pride used to score the fights, right? Like the end of the rounds meant more, you know, the later rounds yeah. and the end of the round meant more than the beginning of the round because it's whoever's winning the fight at the end. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, this is, this is a totally, totally uh, cut, out, cut out everything and just the first. Okay, so if you're fighting in a five-round fight, the first four rounds, there is no scorecard. You can do whatever you want. As long as you make it to round five, they score round five. You can finish your opponent at any time, submit them. Your game plan is just to win the fight. I like that because let, let's be honest, that's how a real fight is. It's, it's the, um, you know, whoever's winning at the end wins the fight. It's not, you know, this guy won the first two rounds but then got his ass kicked and almost yeah, finished. You've seen guys coast. Round. You've seen guys coast to the, end, to the finish line, and it's like he was getting his ass kicked and then they, he got his hand raised. Um, does this make fights more exciting or less exciting? Because I feel like it makes it more exciting because the game plan, I mean, like, I, uh, I don't even know if it changes that much. The only thing, the only negative I could see is, you know, in five-round fights, fighters not doing anything too much or Try, taking any risk well, for the first three rounds because they know they got to save the gas tank for the last round, you know? Yeah, like, almost like they let their opponent do nothing and they do nothing because they both it's in both of their best interests to save themselves for the round that matters. Yeah, kind of like boxing. They all don't do anything for the first five rounds because they, yeah. they know like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, oh, if I can at all least right. win one or two of these, then I can definitely win the rest because, you all know. Right. That is a, that's, a fair, that's a fair criticism of my system that, I, that, I've been, that I've been building in my head for a while. But, um, I mean, honestly, my opinion is we don't really need to reinvent the wheel. I think the scoring system is fine. I just think the judges needs to be tightened up. You know, they just need to figure out, you know, make sure these judges know what they're doing, and I think the scoring is fine. I think a 10-point must system is, you know, fine. I don't think there's anything that's significantly better that I've ever heard anyone suggest. I mean, What about the live to, scoring? Uh, no, I don't like the live scoring. I mean, I know people I don't think I like it either. It, but it's like the live scoring, it's... I don't know. It just adds too many variables. I, you know, they say, you know, every football team, you know, whatever, they all know the score. Obviously, it's a different sport. Like, that's not how this sport works, yeah. you know? So, and, you know, in football or, or any other sport, you can't just lose at any time either by getting knocked out or something. <laughs> so, you know, it's not yeah, the same. Exactly. There's no reason to compare it to that. No, um, I, I, I agree with that, too. I always thought live scoring was one of those things that sounds better on paper, like sounds like a – sounds like um something that's like whoa that'd be kind of cool but then when you really start thinking about it i don't think i like it either exactly i did the first hear time though, I heard, oh, go ahead kansas city uh or kansas city missouri I, I missouri or kansas one of those um commissions actually approved experimental live scoring hmm. so we might actually see it implemented a little bit in the future you know what if they want to if they want to try it on like dana white's tuesday night contenders or something then i'd love to see that but i don't want it to just be added to the ufc right away you know yeah, um, or if they want to do it on those King of the Cage fights that are on, like, with 10 fans in the stands that, that are on at, like, midnight on some random channel. Yeah. We could see how it went on there. And another take I had from the judging from this weekend or was that um, 
like a lot of times they blame bad judging on the crowd influencing the judges by cheering for oh, one fighter yeah. but that's there was t- tons of terrible decisions where that could have been an issue but obviously it wasn't there's no fans so you know maybe the crowd helps yeah maybe the crowd does help you know get the point across to who we think is winning but i don't think so i think maybe it's just a non-issue that was just kind yeah, of something that we bounced, bounced around as being a potential you know reason for the bad judging but didn't seem like i think there has been cases but i mean I don't know. Yeah, I think Barboza maybe would have benefited from the a crowd being there. Uh, I think Cheeto Vera definitely would have because he seems like a fan fan favorite, you know. So yeah, and like an excite high excitement guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but, I ne- I never thought of that either. Yeah, that's about really um really all I all I have. I just really think You're, you know the judges. You just haven't need built to be any new systems. No no new bu- systems. I mean I'm not that's not my style i just want to i just want the judges to do it right like the system we have it's not overly complicated should, should it's work. not it's yeah, not it ridiculous there's no reason i feel like you know the majority of average fans get it right most of the time i, I was just about to say <laughs> isn't it insane how often the average fan knows who want to fight versus when the decision comes in you're like yeah. what so it's not rocket science it's not it's not an issue with the scoring system it's an issue with you know them not doing anything to make sure the judges know what they're doing so well not- i got an idea for that so instead of instead of us getting in front of uh, the commissions and um um putting our new scoring system although if we want to do the score of the final round thing i'm still down but maybe that should be our next investigation into why the, the next jlt investigation into why they don't change it because it just seems like so much common sense here i like it that, that might right. be it we're we're actually we are actually investigators we're finding out we're actually investigators more so than anything else so we'll stick to our strong points and we will um we'll put together a jlt investigation into why the scoring system is the way it is because something's up we're gonna be like the serial of mma yeah we're gonna get to the bottom of this so then we will um jump over and we'll let's pitch some ideas to dana now let's uh, let's improve if we can't improve the judging and the scoring, let's uh, let's improve the whole the whole sport and or promotion. Let's just stick with the UFC. That's let's be honest. When we say MMA, we're really just talking about UFC mostly. But so yeah. uh, Bellator. Let's, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna go down that. And I, I give props to Pro Fight League a little bit because it's a cool format. But let's be honest. Those are that. Those are almost the minor leagues compared to UFC. So let's uh let's improve the UFC here. Um, what do you got? What do you got for Dana White other than crowd noise, which was going to be hard to top because that's actually a really good idea for these fanless fights. You in charge of the artificial crowd noise. You got what do you what else do you got for him? Um, one other thing I thought that I've kind of always wanted as a fan. I think the UFC needs to do invest more into getting fighter stories out there. So if like now that they got the deal with ESPN, I feel like it's perfect timing. Like they need to do like 30 minute short series of new fighter every week where they kind of go in, get fans invested in the fighter. Cause let's be honest, most, most of or fans of MMA, UFC in general, they usually be, are a fan of a fighter first. And then yeah. that in turn gets them into the sport. So they need to do more to, you know, they leave that up to the fighters for the most part, promoting their story. I was going to say, they, they promote themselves. That's why they work so hard on social media and everything else because they, they're in charge of their, they have to promote themselves. Yeah, like, and then you got people like 
Jose Aldo and stuff, like amazing story behind him. You can see that video of when he was like just in the UFC of him getting his first suit and stuff. Like there could be, you know, he's from the favelas in Brazil. You know, there's so many great stories in MMA that the majority of yeah, people he don't was know a about. High level soccer player too. Yeah, there's so many stories. Like Francis Naganu, that'd be a perfect one. Like why haven't they taken advantage yeah. of that? You know, how many people that aren't MMA fans would tune in to see him fight if they knew his backstory? Like coming from a rock mine in Cameroon or whatever. He just gets on a plane to become yeah, a boxer in France. And then he, uh, you know, walks to an MMA gym and the rest is history from there. I feel like, you know, them doing stuff like that you know, with ESPN, partnering with them, just, you know, even if it's ESPN plus just something, you know, kind of like uh, Peyton's place type thing for UFC or something. Yeah. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's just a, uh, a, a sell into our next well, Maybe we'll have to start doing that. If they don't, because that's that is insane. Like, you can almost Google any one of these guys and find an insane story about them. Like, like you said, Francis Nagano was living on dirt floors, and he just had this random thought that he could um, be a uh, best heavyweight in the world, and now he's as close as he is. Um, Jose Aldo was a, I think he was, was he a pro soccer player? Or was he on like the under eighteen pro, team or something? I think he, I, I've heard that he was really good though, but. Yeah, and just like yeah, yeah. they got he crazy backstories. Yeah, he was elite somehow. Some of these guys were NFL players, everything else, but I don't think you want to do the Greg Hardy backstory. But there's other guys that were. <laughs> Everyone knows it. <laughs> that's so. the one they want to stay away from. Right. So, so yeah, that's they really sh- they they really should do that, especially now with ESPN. And I think maybe they'll start. Uh, this Walt Harris thing was kind of like that. It was more situational, but I think people probably tuned in to see that. Um just to root for him. So maybe they will do that. Um, my idea is a little more uh, at, at the events. Okay, so did you see Uriah Faber weigh in like out of nowhere? Yeah, yeah, because I heard, you know, Song Yudong was having trouble with his visa. Yeah, he had a visa to be in the country but not to work apparently or something. Yeah, there was something with that. So then I started thinking, um, what if this is this is straight out of the WWE playbook, which – if you know me, you know I do not like wrestling at all. I don't understand how full-grown adults watch wrestling. I don't get, especially if you're an MMA fan, how do you watch? go back and watch fake? Um, I'm not going to get in that debate, debate because people get mad. But um, all right, so every, every fight or every card, no one knows. There's like a mystery fight, maybe between the prelims and the main event. I'm not sure, but there's like a mystery fight where uh, – the lights go dark, and all of a sudden, somebody's music starts playing. I got this from being at a, a, a WWE event that I didn't even want to go to, but here's the thing. You never knew who was coming out of the tunnel, and when, when you did, when it was somebody you knew, it, it gave you, like, this jolt. Imagine, like, I mean, they could definitely squeak guys under the radar. Is, yeah. this, is this a possible idea? I like it. I think it's something, you know. A fan favorite? Not somebody, not a, no, no title contention or anything like that. Like, a fan favorite. Like, I'm thinking Platinum Perry. He's like the perfect, exactly. like, he's the perfect walk like, out of the tunnel. You have no clue he's going to be there. And boom. Yeah, his, his music starts playing. His face pops on the screen, and then he walks out of the tunnel. It's like, you didn't know. And then, like, you're like, okay, but who's he fighting? And then, like, boom, Nico Price's music starts playing, and he walks out of the tunnel, and you're like, holy shit, this is an insane fight. Both these guys are nuts. This is going to be insane. I didn't know this was coming. I like it. No, nothing on the line. There's nothing on the line here. Like neither one of these guys are in title contention, but 
That would really spice it up. That we would be even a, make up another fake belt, like the baddest motherfucker, but oh, like the surprise fighter of the night belt or some, you know, some shit. Yeah, b- because this would have to be something in their contract where like they would have to be willing to do it. Um, they would have to like do no promo. Wait, do they? they have to do they know who their opponent's gonna be? Yeah, I think so. I think they have to. Uh, I mean, it'd be cooler if they didn't, but I think <laughs> yeah. they have to. That's I don't know. I'm some of these guys say they'll fight anyone anytime. It's like. Even better if they if they agree to not knowing who they're fighting. I just think of like the old WWE when that guy's like, and just for that play, you getting the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's that's a that's a next step. But just imagine a couple, maybe one, two, maybe two mystery fights. Like think how much these two fifty, this UFC fight night and this UFC two fifty would benefit from a mystery card. You could even like uh, tease it, like like. Maybe so and so might be a special somebody might be and like you know it was like the hometown guy, but you don't they never confirm it. So yeah, I mean, that's how my disappointed would the, you be if your uh, if your surprise fight was Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, they wouldn't be. That's your headliner, but like, so the surprise fight might be to like like bring back Diego Sanchez and uh, uh, like um, who 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 is his uh his insane fight against is that uh. Clay, Gilbert Melendez. Clay, oh, Gilbert Melendez. Yeah, see, both of those guys are bring them back for like a throwback fight. Even though I think Gilbert Melendez fell off pretty bad, but um, you know, just like uh, any any fan favorites, or even like how Bellator has like old old legends fight each other, which I hate. I think it's stupid, but um, let them have an exhibition or something. You know what I mean? Just like uh, let's add some uh, some element of surprise in here. I'm into it. I'll buy that. Yeah, so that's that's my pitch to Dana White. So, um, I don't think it'd be hard to do either. That's the other thing is like I'm thinking I'm thinking way down the line logistics and everything. It's not even that hard to do. They just don't do the week the week of promo promotion stuff. But it's in their contract like that they're just gonna they're gonna. I mean, you still see them. They're still at the hotel. Like maybe rumors go around that somebody saw so and so. So, that's my thing. That's my pitch. Uh, you got any more for him? Anything anything else for him? That's not, I don't, that's all that I have. I really like that idea though. I think it tops mine, so. Yeah, well, we're going to, we're, we're going to keep adding to this list. Eventually, eventually we're going to get in front of him and we're, we're going to be very prepared. So this is just uh page one, page one to get the ball rolling, but. Yeah, we'll we're do already, this as a reoccurring segment. So before you know yeah, it, we're, we'll have all we're, types we're getting ideas. the ball rolling. We're getting the ball rolling. We got artificial noise. We got fighter backstories and then we got uh mystery fights maybe you do maybe you run the the fighter backstory randomly on espn that day and all of a sudden that night he's your mystery fighter i think that would get a huge pop yeah maybe you could start doing like like maybe like incorporate some uh, like mass singer type shit in there (laughs) 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 they start giving hints to what them dressed as like a fucking elf or something <laughs> then they unzip the costume as they're when they're no, right they, before they weigh comes. in with they weigh in with the costume on and yeah, like people gotta Reebok, guess from like how Reebok tall branded costume oh yeah <laughs> and they weigh in with it on so you can they actually are in front of the crowd and everyone's like i think it's so and so i think it's so and so yeah and then but and then they get to the octagon and they pull it off and their music starts playing see it's all doable i think but we'll see um we'll see when we get in front of the big boss man what he thinks um, but we'll keep working on it. We'll, bef- before we're done with this, we'll have all sorts of good ideas. Um, but without with nothing more on that, we'll move on to the worst fans, the worst types of fans that we have in MMA. 
Uh, I think you you want to start on this, uh, and I think I know what you're going to say. I'd love to. The worst type of MMA fans, in my opinion, are people who like dominant careers in the booth. These people are the most <laughs> annoying people online that I have ever heard. These are the people that are responsible for getting Mike Goldberg fired. These people oh, are then scum. we hate them. These then we people, really hate them. You know, all they constantly talk about is, you know, I just love Dominic Cruz, how knowledgeable he is, you know, how he can explain underhooks Technical. to me every broadcast because I just keep forgetting in between fights what an underhook is. You know, these people are just like, just, you know, jerk off over his technical analysis. It, it pisses me off. It's like... They're they, fake smart too. These people don't like Rogan. They don't like Mike Goldberg because they have too much fun while they're watching the fights. You know, they just want somebody to be boring, talk in the same monotone voice, you know, accuse people of being alcoholics. These people <laughs> are scum. They're the worst MMA fans. This is the reason the Just Bleed King is not a fan of MMA anymore or UFC. Yo, man, that's that's a good point. You so you've bought you've wrapped up Mike Goldberg hate the hate the, the Goldberg haters who hated him for what? Because he sometimes mispronounced a guy's name. Yeah, like he how stumbled stupid over is his that? words every once in a while or But he was know. usually saying something like off the cuff that was like entertaining he was never boring that's what how much how like these fights with no crowd and they say like the fighters can hear the commentators how perfect would goldie be for these oh it'd be perfect and let's be honest you know we love goldberg because of his catchphrase we only need him there to say just like that or not a chance you know that's all that i need <laughs> Are these guys gonna touch gloves not a chance <laughs> yeah that's all that's all we need from him i mean honestly they could just get you know, if we can add some Mike Goldberg sound bits to the uh, fake soundboard, that'd be perfect. For oh the yeah, see, we're we're on our way to bringing him back. <laughs> they did him dirty, and we're trying to bring him back. No, I, yeah, the Dominic Cruz ones. I don't think I think they're trying to. It's like when somebody says something that you don't know about, so you pretend they're smart, so because they think that makes you look smart. Because yeah, I'm not I'm not a genius in MMA, but I. Dominic Cruz just says the same shit over and over and over, talking about footwork, talking about underhooks, talking about. I've I've heard him say, point things out to people before and stuff that makes sense, but it's like he's not he's not reinventing the wheel. And they're like, I honestly feel like just because Joe Rogan sounds like an animal sometimes when he screams, um, he still usually he'll say something. He's the guy the most out of anybody that'll be like, so and so's turning his head this way or like circling to the circling towards the power or whatever and like i'd be wouldn't be surprised and then it's like oh gets catches him in the next second like he's the one with almost the most foresight um dc's great in there bisping's great in there i'm not a commentator hater except perfect example is goldie like i felt like way too many people it was cool to hate on goldie and i always loved him um but dominic cruz drives me crazy and clearly i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you that his fans really suck uh i'll i'll go with um so this is like a throwback. Um, I just want to throw out that like these guys deserve a little credit, but they were also a ba- they were also bad for the sport while being good for it. Was like the tap out affliction, uh, bedazzled <laughs> shirt gang. Are they yeah. still around? Uh, I was wondering if they were still around. I'm sure they're Flat still around. Flat hats, puka necklace, like soul patch, Fred Durst look. Yeah, you see, if you go to the fights, they're still there. They're undercover, but they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> Have they updated their look at all? Like I, I'm. I'm out of my mind when I'm when I was at my last event, so I don't I didn't see anything but the you know, octagon. It seems like, like, I feel like these these people have gone into hiding in the real world, so they don't act like they don't wear <laughs> that and have that persona in the real world anymore. They did at yeah, the you time. Never see it. 
But once you never the, see it in the real world. Yeah, it's like Halloween when they go to the fights. They dress up back in their fucking <laughs> affliction tees. They go crazy. They woo. I'm assuming they're the same people that woo. That, that has to be the wooers, <laughs> man. Somebody's doing it. That's another one. Somebody. Well, it's it's it 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 matches their gener like their timestamp. That's when they were big. Um, but like I started with saying is they do deserve some credit. Like they were kind of piggybacking the sport when it first started. Yeah, they were the number one demographic. Oh yeah, so they do, they do deserve credit, and they're still out there. They're just they know better now than to act like that in real life. So maybe they're not the worst anymore. Maybe they've evolved. Yeah, that's they right. were the worst though, because I remember like they were the ones that would like show up to a party and like want to start a fight because they had just been watching uh they'd just been watching like a Forrest Griffin fight or something, and they wanted to they wanted to test their skills. Maybe they're like the Just Bleed King. You know, he stopped watching UFC when. You know, when they outlawed groin strikes and eye gouges because it's just too too soft for them now. Maybe the Affliction guys, once they got the Reebok sponsorship uh, and they couldn't put Condom Depot oh, on their true. fucking shorts, they, you know, they're done. Maybe that's why they're gone. Yeah, and Affliction was actually a promotion for a while and it got crashed. So maybe that, maybe that, that was enough to turn them all off of it. And Tap Out hung out for a little longer, but um, Tap Out I always felt like was a little more mainstream. Probably a little more douchey. Uh, like seeing a guy at the bar with like a tap out shirt and like frosted tips was just a dead giveaway <laughs> that he was a douche. Um, so I don't know. They were some of the worst fans. They're not. They're not my worst worst fans. Do you have any other worst fans you want to add before I add the worst 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 fans? I don't. My personal I just, worst. I just worst. had the cruise okay. fans. Okay. My worst worst worst. This includes Twitter, internet, um, everywhere online, everywhere is the horny MMA fans. The horny <laughs> the horny female chasing MMA fans that just got to turn every just got to turn every female fight into like some sort of like they just drool over every female fight. Doesn't matter if the girl's even good looking or not. They love them all. They're just it's just like a I I've seen this with like WWE too, which they they make them they're a little more like they At least the WWE chicks are attractive though, right? Well, they right. pander to that more. They they <laughs> they're going for that more. Like the horny MMA fans, it's just like they 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 get so excited about a like girls fighting. Like that's some sort of weird excitement to them that their girls would fight. I don't. Like, I just don't understand it. Like I know you you were the, you're the one who showed me like the the Valentina Shevchenko Reddit post. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that's at, but like, just like how she's a well-rounded person and. uh it was just like somebody wrote her backstory that somebody that had never met her just loves her so much because she's a good fighter that they wrote her a whole backstory about how she seems like such a well-adjusted person. I, I don't I, like these fans to me are like, they're a different kind of annoying, but they drive me nuts because they're everywhere. Yeah. They don't stop. They're real. They're real they're, creeps, dude. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's these, what it these is. These people will think like, if Jessica Andrade puts a good picture on Instagram of herself, they'll they'll pop a boner. These guys are weirdos. <laughs> that's the thing. They that's what they are. They're they're not they're 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 creeps. Like they don't have any like they can't they can't be objective. They can't they can't keep it to themselves. Like they're just that's what it is. They're creeps. Like this is their style and they're <laughs> just they're just there to creep. It's like they've never seen like women before like i don't know do they work with all dudes or something like these guys are just weirdos like no the second they get in the octagon and start fighting that's what that's their 
that's their um, that's their turn on that, they, that the fact that they fight. They like the <laughs> fact that they fight. That's that's their turn on. That's their what they like. That's their switch. So as soon as they do that, that's like that's how they get the uh, that's how they get they get the blood flowing. Exactly. And then they just go full creep mode. Yeah, they those are definitely some of the worst MMA fans. You're right. You had two. They good just make ones you uncomfortable. I agree. Have you? Have you ever been near one though? Like and like, no, they're not saying anything. They're not saying anything. Like the guy fights. It's like, oh, this is just an MMA fan. They know a lot about MMA. And then like two girls get in. And then they just they flip a switch. Like they're not talking about MMA anymore. They're just full creep mode. They're just horny over the girl fights. And it's like, dude, I, I watch all fights like the same. Like I was slow. I wasn't. I wasn't exactly a huge female fight fan when it first started. I just didn't think it was like as exciting or technical. Now like. Nunez Cyborg was like one of my favorite fights of last year. I watched the girl fights the same way I watched the guy fights, and I, like, I don't even think about it. But these dudes, it's like their secret agenda to uh, just get the girls in the ring for their for their own excitement. Yeah, and here I found the um, I yeah, found I knew you were the, gonna uh, find it. Copy pasta here uh, about Valentina Shevchenko <laughs> that they do on Reddit. Um, this is not us that wrote it. Something we found on Reddit. So go, it might be Joe Rogan. It says it's also worth noting. That of all women's MMA champions of all time so far, she seems to be the most complete human being by far. Skilled, tough, smart, beautiful, extensive world travels, and has lived in the third world for long periods. Speaks multiple languages. Uh, tactical firearms training slash enthusiast, trained dancer, film arts school, actress, outdoorsy, etc. She can... Let's see, she can tell she generally has her shit together like she could probably be a millionaire running just about any business if she wanted <laughs> are there any other female fighters that are that impressive <laughs> that's All just right, who, wrote, who wrote this because if that was about ronda rousey 10 years ago dana would have secretly secretly wrote it but who wrote that who are it, our suspects it is whose throwaway account Oh, who's throw throwaway account? I have no clue, but um, let's see. Who do we Valentina suspect? Shevchenko. Who do we suspect? Who's got? I don't know. I, I I don't have anybody that I could think of right out of the gate. But you got any ideas? This could be our next investigation. I was gonna say we we might. This may be another one we got to get to the bottom of. These are stacking up, but we we knock out journalism. We're, we knock out investigative journalism like it's nothing. So we might get to this. Uh, not, off the top of my head, no suspects. Easy, easy one to point the finger at. A big red herring would be Joe Rogan, because uh, I've heard him say a lot of good stuff about her, which she deserves to have a lot of good stuff said about her. But this is like Joe's not really a simp though. This is full blown simping. Yeah, and the the one thing that makes Joe Rogan a suspect is the tactical arms training. We know he's always doing that. <laughs> you know, he always talks about going to whatever that shooting range or whatever that they yeah, you know, that they train yeah. you at and stuff. I feel like he's just not he's just not a simp though. Like this is a this is incredibly simpish. Like this guy this guy's a horny MMA fan, but like he's not he's like the the type that's like he's not alpha at all. He's not like he's not like going after these girls to get him. He's like just just simping for them. Like he wants them to put like their Amazon wish list up so he can buy stuff for them. <laughs> exactly. He's probably he's probably one of the guys that buys their fight kits after the fights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, got to be the charity ones. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the meet and greets just to get a picture with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the worst intentions in mind, like not just because they like he enjoys them as athletes, just 
Yeah, this one that was a that was just a strange post that somebody really thought out and put some time into. Um, she's never gonna see this, bro. Like that's that's the thing. It's like hope she sees this, bro. She's never gonna see that. Right. I mean that that perfect that post perfectly encapsulates the fan you were talking about. Like that's like the the leader of those weirdos. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the final boss of the of the horny horny the UFC horny simp fan. <laughs> but, so yeah. It might have been Luke Thomas too. I yeah. just thought of that. That beta. You definitely would say something like that. He'd, or probably, one of his he'd probably be like, all oh, women are wonderful and equal, if not better than men. And Yeah, you know. yeah, see. But maybe one of his okay, we narrowed it down to it's definitely somebody who follows him. He definitely wouldn't be that creepy on anything but a throwaway account because he's like Mr. Politically Correct. Yeah. So yeah, but those are the worst ones. Like the male feminists. They're the ones that always have this they're always the ones that have secretly have the thirst. <laughs> exactly. It probably is Luke Thomas then. That might be our number one suspect. But we'll get back to this later on. Well, uh, I'm blocked on investigation. I'm blocked, so yeah, I'm blocked by him, so you'll have to lead that investigation. <laughs> um, All right. So we'll jump back into real fights in real life. So that was a that was a minor detour, some like some good ideas, some some bad fans um, pretty much reinvented the, the whole promotion there. But we'll look forward to what we have next. We have um, May 30th, I think. It was supposed to be May 23rd. We actually have confirmed the Gilbert Burns-Tyron Woodley UFC fight night. Um, I haven't gotten any – This is. I don't even think Burns-Woodley's confirmed, but I think Gilbert Burns like confirmed it on his Instagram or something. I don't know if there's any more confirmed fights. I haven't even really heard any rumors. That's all I got. Location and the thing unconfirmed. Is, here it is. So on, I was looking this up on their website. This fight night is not listed on the website. Though the next fight on the website is June sixth, UFC two fifty. That's two fifty. Um, yeah. It doesn't have it on Google. It doesn't have it anywhere. It does have it on the. You know, we use best fight odds for the uh, betting lines. Um, it does yeah. have it on there. It says May twenty third, but I know it got moved to the thirtieth. It has Gilbert Burns versus Tyron Woodley. Hannah Cyphers versus Mackenzie Dern, Jamal Hill versus. Oh, Jamal. Yeah, I did see some of these rumors. Yeah. Yeah, Kitson Abreu and Gusto Saki versus Blagoy Ivanov. So that's the only fights that they have on you know on the batting website. Which usually these are a little more UFC for some reason takes forever to update their website, which I don't really get. It's like yeah, that seems like a fights. rookie move. Like, that like seems like a rookie up. move for them. Yeah, but usually the the best fight odds has them up quite a bit before the UFC does. So, and then the other card, June sixth, it seems like this one's a for sure. I mean, it just I don't really get how they're gonna fill these fights. You know, how are they gonna fill these fights with um, enough fighters to to have them, especially for this pay per view? I get it. The fight night, if they want, they could probably just do like an extended main card, like maybe like six to yeah. eight fights or something. Well, we'd still all watch it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't need a prelims, actually. Just give me a main card, you know? And that would be more yeah. than enough. I'm, I guess it probably doesn't contractually f- fulfill their deal with ESPN, but yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if they're going to get, you know, what they only have four fights here. What they need at least 10 usually. I think they had one the other day that was six and four. So are they going yeah. to get six more fights in, for two weeks out? Like, how many, there's not that many <laughs> fighters that are just going to fight without a camp basically well were you the one telling me that you think that they're maybe running out of firepower like they're running out of their uh the the people that will fight anytime any place 
they burned yeah, them all they, up in these last three events. Yeah, they definitely did. And I think, like, I get it. They needed to get caught up a little bit. But did they really need to do the Wednesday card? Couldn't they have just moved this Wednesday card to the 23rd? Basically, to just and then that yeah, gives them not, now they don't have one on the twenty third. You know that gives them more fights to put on the pay per view UFC two fifty. That gives them a little bit more runway. Why did they have to, you know, put so many fights so fast? I'm not complaining, but well, I, mean, I would I wouldn't have got fight fatigue and we wouldn't have had that uh, that mishap episode last week. So yeah, they're definitely responsible. there were consequences to this. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't our fault that we didn't show up last week. <laughs> it was fight fatigue. It was all mismanagement. Exactly, but and so yeah. Not to mention this. This is going to be the worst pay per view of all time unless something serious happens. Set up to be. I can't imagine this. Is anybody going to pay seventy dollars for this card? It says it's got. Let me read the fights we got here. It says we got Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer for the main event. Okay, whatever. Amanda Nunes is great, but it's at one forty-five. Whatever. I mean, second fight. It says here is Cody Garbrandt versus uh, Rafael Sunsau. All right, not bad. Alex Perez versus uh, Sierra Formiga. Eh. Gerald Meachert versus Ian Heinish. And then Charles Bird versus uh, Makai Patolo. Um, so, honestly, that's a good fight night, but an yeah. awful pay-per-view. Yeah, and I didn't even know if Garbrandt was for sure on this. I feel like that kind of tips the scales for me to at least improve it because before it was like a – it was a straight-up graveyard of a card. But, I mean, um, this I'm getting the Garbrandt fight from... That is from the Best Fight Ad, uh, Best Fight Odds. They do not have that fight listed on the UFC website. On the UFC website, it's all the same fights, except they have Alonzo Menafield versus Devin Clark instead yeah, of which uh, Cody Garbrandt. So, major downgrade. Yeah, so maybe that fight not, might not even be on there. But, um, yeah, it, this, w- this would be a good fight night card. I don't even know if I'd say it's the best in the last few years fight night car that there is, you know. So I don't say I don't know if it's the best in the last few weeks. <laughs> right. And I'm a so. huge Amanda Nunes fan. I'm not just shitting on it because it's a, a female uh, main event. I'm a huge Amanda Nunes fan. Like I like watching her fight. I'll be bummed if I don't. But I'm at this rate. I'm not buying it for sure. No. So oh no. The only other option is just not to watch. There's no other options out there on <laughs> earth that anybody could come up with. So. Um, I just won't be watching, I guess. I'll watch it later on when it comes out for free on the uh, – well, I know she's going to win. Like, it's stupid. It's stupid to even – like, I know how many people look stupid by saying, like, there's a 0% chance she loses this fight, but there's a 0% chance she loses to a punching bag. Like, there's just no way. And otherwise, I don't really um, – I don't really see anything else that I really care about. It's not necessarily that any these are all bums or anything like that. It's just, like, not a well-put-together card or what we've come to expect. Yeah, it's just how many fights can you realistically put together in three weeks? You know, like, it's just, I get it. I get why they're weak, but if you can't run a pay-per-view with this with this lineup, like, nobody's going to watch. It's going to be the, like, the worst-viewed pay-per-view of all time. People, it, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like a good look for the UFC. I got a theory. A theory. What if this is, like, a throwaway pay-per-view so they can save the better fights. Like, what if they figure, let's just have the lowest-ranking pay-per-view of all time and not just have, like, four low-ranking pay-per-views. Let's just take let's just take it all out on one card. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, it's possible. And stack the other ones. Hopefully, and hopefully they're just, you know, scrambling to get something together because they know how good, they know, you know, 
honestly, I get it. A lot of fighters probably don't want to fight on this short of notice because, you know, that's their career. Is it short they notice anymore, though? What's that? I think, is it really short notice anymore? Um, like, June I feel 6th. like two, month, two months ago was, two months ago, well, I mean, if they haven't contacted them by now, but two months ago, everything was, like, lockdown city. But by the time 249 happened, like, everyone, I know that that was only, that was not that long ago, but uh, everyone was, like, these guys are, everything I see online and stuff, everybody's training and stuff. I don't see, except for Stipe, but everybody else is training. So I don't know if they're having full camps or real, like realistic full camps, but I don't know. Maybe this is the tail end of the, the tail end of the people who can't get a camp in, but I feel like a lot of stuff is back to normal. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I think it will, you're going to need to get some fights shaped up in the next, uh, next few days. I, I guess, why don't they, why don't they combine UFC 250 in the fight night? That'd be a decent well, that- card. Well, if they imagine if they put Woodley Burns as the as a co co co-main event. event, yeah, exactly. Then you get that, Mackenzie Dern on there too. I mean, that makes sense to do that. Yeah, that that changes the whole spectrum if you get Tyron Woodley on there because as much as people like to rip on Tyron Woodley, like the dude was a longtime champ, and just because he does he never fights is his problem. It's not that he's not good when he does. He's a famous rapper. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got <laughs> his another rap career. So, I mean, he's got his rap career going on. So. Um, maybe he's trying to get that Joe Rogan Spotify deal for his rap career. I mean, honestly, he's probably one of the most well-known UFC fighters now. I mean, he does the, you know... Um, he's got his own TMZ show. TMZ show, yeah. He does, you know, he's out there. He hangs out with Wiz Khalifa. He raps them, so... Opens for him, yeah. Yeah, he probably, um, you know, is pretty well-known to casuals, I would say. Yeah, so. he needs, now he needs a win. Uh, people forget uh, he was the champion until his last fight. So that was a long, he was a long, he ran, he was a long time reigning champion. Wonder boy almost took the belt from him, man. That would have been awesome. Love wonder boy, but they replayed that fight last night. He, you know, he got 10 aided twice in that, in that fight. The first one that was a draw. Really twice. Well, it was one judge gave him a 10, eight, 10, eight in the second round. And another judge gave him a 10, eight in the fourth round. Oh yeah. So, yeah. All he had to do was not get 10-aided twice, and he would have been the he would have held had the belt, man. Yeah, that was a good God. fight. And then I didn't get how they're I I get the second fight was awful, but after the second fight, everybody made it seem like both fights were awful. When yeah, the first I fight was, was definitely really that. good, you know. Everyone everyone went off about that whole series. Everyone's like, we're we're done with Woodley, uh, Woodley Wonder Boy. It's like the the first fight was unbelievable. Yeah, they were just straight haters, but. Yeah, so Burns Woodley though that'll be the next one. We got a we got a week break, so we're only gonna have one episode this week. Um, no reason to smash in too much stuff unless we unless we have a big break in any of our investigative investigative cases that we're now on to. So, but otherwise, I think that'll do it for us. You got anything else you want to add? I don't. I think that's uh, that's all I got. Um, we'll. Uh We'll see how these uh, these fights, uh, these two cards coming up, shape up in the next uh, yeah, next see week how they or fill so. out. All right. Well, then that'll do it for us. We'll be back again next week. Um, like I said, we'll have updates on the cards. Hopefully, good news on the cards. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have some breaks in our cases. Otherwise, that'll do it for us. We'll see you all later. Peace.
Aaron Simpson is the 30-something Randy Couture of the 40-something crowd. <laughs> what? I got respect, I was trying to 